0: Hey, this isn't Defender Radio. That's right, it's the first episode of the End of Time and Other Bothers. You can go back to an earlier episode and hear a full interview with the cast, creators, and myself on why I wanted to share this special show on my birthday week. Or you can just listen and enjoy. More episodes can be found at iTunes, anotherbothers.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
1: Imagine this. Is a river downstream from a gigantic waterfall. It is called the Twist, the most magical river in all the land. And by the river comes walking a little man. He is a halfling. He is littler than most people in town. But he is not from this town. He is not from this world. He has a job to do, this halfling man. He is guide for travelers coming here from far, far away. It is very important duty. But instead, he has to talk to annoying squirrel.
2: Morning, Cyrus. Uh, oh, Oh, hey, Augustus.
3: How's it going? It's going stupendous, as always. You're looking well. Thanks.
2: Might if I ride up here?
3: What? Oh, ow. Oh, eat. watch. Watch the...
2: Oh, it's a good view from up here.
3: I didn't think this day could get any worse.
2: I was riding a centaur the other day. Yeah, you can get a great view from their shoulders. Where are we going?
3: I'm going up to the glade at the top of the hill.
2: Oh, amazing. There's some great oak trees up there.
3: Yeah, 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 I hear there are.
2: It's making me hungry already. Hey! You packed a lunch. What, what? if I check it oh,
3: out? Uh, no, that's that's my
2: oh, egg salad sandwiches, my favorite. <sighs> oh, sorry. Do you want one?
3: No, that's okay. You, you enjoy yourself on the Cyrus Ferry. Thank you. <sighs> Next stop, the Glade. Well, you're a funny pair. What? what is, oh, what is that? Oh, hello, Tweeter. Hi, Augustus. Oh God, you know each other. Oh, of course we do. It's the forest. Everyone knows everyone in the
2: forest. No, no. Who's your friend? This is Cyrus. He works down at the academy. Where are you guys going? Up to the glade. Oh, can I come too? Oh, if you like. The more the merrier. Oh, this is good. I don't yeah. have
0: to fly. What,
2: what yeah. do you mean? What, oh, ow, ow, ow. Oh, oh, it's oh. all right. We'll help balance oh, you out. It's a nice perch. Here, have a sandwich. Oh, even better.
3: All right. Here, you know what? I don't know if we're going to make it all the way to the glade. This log here is looking pretty good. Oh, don't sit in that one. What? Why not? Mrs. Skunk, she came along last night and gave it a good one. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. Thanks, tweeter. See? I'm helpful. Yeah, really helpful. Are you enjoying that sandwich? Oh, the sandwich is good. Do you have another one? Oh, here we are. This log looks and smells great.
2: Oh, I think that one's cursed.
3: Cursed. Well, then it's perfect for me. Everyone make themselves comfortable. I'm just going to read my book and wait forever.
0: What are we waiting for?
3: Not sure. Some new arrivals. If all goes well.
1: Do you want some grubs?
3: No, Tweeter, you you can keep the grubs.
1: Poor Cyrus. So long to wait. His visitors haven't even left home yet. They have not even been born. Not for hundreds of years. So long to wait. But don't worry, Cyrus. They will be here soon. Who are these visitors? I will tell you. But to do that, I must take you all the way to the end of the world.
2: The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard, with players Carter Siddle, Michael Howey, and Marisa King. Episode 1. The End.
3: It's the year 32 or rather the 32nd year since the Balgamerian Revolution. The very revolution that restored the monarchy, enlightened the people, and brought our most beloved Emperor Bultius to power. It's been over 12 centuries since the cantankerous but beloved Alba Salix walked these lands. Now, Farloria is no more. Not even a memory in this day and age. The Balgamerian Empire stretches over the continent and beyond, It all seems pretty far away from life here in Steadfast. Steadfast is your home. It's the capital and the greatest city in the world. It's a twisting grid of monumental concrete and obsidian structures that reach up out of the smog. Sky-high railway trams zip by while workers and vehicles move slowly through their day. Now we're gonna begin with Blatt. The camera moves forward. It's following one of the tram cars that zips past And the camera moves in on a nondescript, large concrete building and comes to rest on a window with a worker behind the desk. But that's not Blatt. And the camera begins to go down, faster and faster, past window after window, until it goes all the way through the ground, down deep into the earth, and it starts following some pipes, winding through corridors and empty rooms, until it finally pops into the room where Blatt is usually working, only... Blatt is not to be found. Blatt uh, stumbles into the office, looking
4: around to make sure no one can tell that he's coming in late, hangs his fedora up on the coat rack, knocking it over because he's in too much of a nervous hurry, picks it up again, straightens it up, makes sure it looks nice, his horns now shimmering in the fluorescent light because He is a half-demon. He adjusts his tie, and then like he does every day, which he's done every day for the last nine years, he starts alphabetizing files. Thick government files. Long live Boltius. So your office, is
3: it a cubicle? It's an office?
4: It would be like a small room... Uh, with a lot of shelves in it. And perhaps uh, Blatt gets a single chair, but no desk per se. Just
3: just filing. Just nonstop filing. So basically on the outside of the door of this room is an old brass plaque that says filing clerk. And your office is very near the furnace. Yes,
4: he is the only one that works there because being half-demon, he can withstand the heat. All the other previous file clerks complained and thus removed to different departments. But not Blatt. He finds it soothing.
3: Okay, so Blatt is um, moving paperwork around when. um, Do we have phones, Eli? Do we have a name for those yet?
4: The Talkatron.
3: Okay, so the Uh, Talkatron
4: or the Speechifier? Pick one (laughs) Speechifier. I'm writing this down.
3: <laughs> this is now canon. <laughs> Speech of fire. Okay, so Blatt, you work for Balgem. Balgem is the one of the largest companies. There's not very many, and Balgem produces all the electronics, commercial electronics of the world, and they're known for not always being the highest quality so, uh, your speechifier on your desk, uh, starts twittering. Howly ho, go for Blatt. <laughs> uh, Blatt, uh, we seem to have a problem that we don't have the correct files from that accident case last week.
4: Oh, no, I think I should have gotten that by now.
3: Do you have a name for it? Well, no, if I had the name, then I would have the file.
4: Makes finding the file a bit more difficult. I'll see if it's this one. No, it's not this one. <laughs> Maybe the one below it. Uh, I No, I just got these last night, so I don't think these would be them. It,
3: it, yeah, it's from last week. It was the explosion.
4: The expl. Oh, right. Now, did I file that under E for explosion or D for devastating explosion? Uh, just, I, just give me a minute, please.
3: No, no, don't. Oh. Is our old music? <laughs> boom, 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 doom, boom. Can't believe I'm on hold. I don't have time for this. Actually, it was in another section
4: of E. It was under extremely devastating explosion, but I have it here, yes. Boy, it's a thick one.
3: Oh, I, I need that right away. Send it up to floor D7 D seven three nine two.
4: D seven
3: three nine two.
4: Nine two. Too.
3: Yeah, I need that rushed.
4: I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Very well, thank you. And that's a good day from Blatt. Long live Baltius. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Blatt, your day uh, goes around sort of like that. And uh, what does Blatt do for lunch? Does Blatt bring his lunch?
4: Does. Uh, Blatt does bring his lunch. He just uh, warms it up in his hands. He doesn't need to use any of the lunchroom appliances for the food. And uh, he eats it in his chair in the file room because he noticed that going outside the building would actually take his entire lunch hour to get all the way up and then all the way around to the door and then outside again. So he just stays in the chair the entire time. Try not to get crumbs on his slacks.
3: So I just want to picture this. This is Blatt
4: sitting in a chair in the middle of
3: a filing room with no desk.
4: No desk. No, you don't need one. If you want to pile files
3: up, that's what the floor is for. So I'd say that it's a pretty busy day. It's The pneumatic tubes are firing like nonstop just all morning. Just uh. shoop, shoop. They're like stacking up on each other as you have your lunch and plugging up the tube.
4: That's what the broom beside the pneumatic tube is for. Sometimes you have to shove the stick up there just to unclog it to get the files coming out again. And sometimes papers fall out and they wind up in other files. But that's what makes Blatt's job challenging.
3: I was going to say, like, that pressure would be building up as they stack up in that tube. Mm. Right. So it's after lunch, like it's around one o'clock, and all the tubes are stacked up, and there's a strange sucking. It's like this, this high pitched sucking. It's like the pressure is building and building and building of the tube, and you're, you're realizing you might need to get that unstuck. We call that the
4: busy day whistle. <laughs> it's quite annoying. So that's got to get the poking stick. <laughs> uh, come on, get out. Get, stop the whining out.
3: So what are you doing? Tell me what you're doing. Yeah,
4: just taking uh, the end of the broom and just shoving it up uh, the one problematic pneumatic tube. The problematic pneumatic tube. (laughs) Say that three times. Problematic pneumatic tube. The problematic tube. And uh, yeah, papers are
3: flying everywhere. Okay, give me a defy danger roll. So you got that stick way up there. Our first roll of the game. Two dice. Here we go. Oh, that's a three. (laughs) Okay, so I'm gonna have you help me with this one. So basically you've got the broom, halfway up this tube, there's this growing high-pitched sound, which we're probably gonna hear when Eli adds it, and the broom gets jammed, and you see you see the glass start to like crack of the whole tube. What yeah. happens?
4: Well, Blatt starts to get very nervous, because this is a really problematic pneumatic tube. <laughs> he looks around for someone to help him, but he realizes he works alone. And so he's trying to hold the pneumatic tube together with one hand while continuing to shove with uh, his other hand that has the broom. And the squealing is just getting higher and higher and higher. And uh, yeah, he he isn't quite sure what to do.
3: He just keeps
4: shoving with his problem-solving stick.
3: (laughs) And that is when the explosion shakes the entire building as it just shatters the whole tube shatters and all of the waiting canisters come pounding like literally ricocheting around the room like little bolt very large bullets bouncing off cabinets knocking them over files flying through the air and you're gonna take four damage oh my lord this was quite the explosion so basically the glass shattering out sends you flying and right into one of the The filing cabinets, knocks it over, knocks the next one over. It's like a domino effect in the room.
5: I think you could classify it as another extremely devastating explosion.
3: (laughs) I'll have to file this, except the file room doesn't exist anymore. And that's when something very strange happens. So first of all, you got the ringing in your ears. But all of a sudden, you realize that there are no more sounds of pneumatics. So at first you think, okay, the tubes are broken. You broke everything. But then you realize that the furnace isn't running. Like it takes a minute for it to sort of sink in that there's a silence you've never heard. I'm cold. This has never happened in
4: all the time I've worked here. So I uh, open the door if it's still on its hinges, probably not. <laughs>
3: it's probably half on its. You <laughs> shove the door. You just you sort of stumble out of the room with chaos behind you looking around again there's no one and i'll go next door to uh, the furnace room to see what's happening in there okay yeah you've been in there many times like to warm up on a cold day Uh, so you open the door to the furnace room and there is no furnace in the room well that's changed this last time (laughs) (laughs) it's like a large empty room like like it's a massive room right and it's just Utterly empty. I I hope the speechifier is working. I feel like I need to report this to
4: HR or something. <laughs> is there a furnace number? Uh... <laughs> I think the number was on the side of the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll I'll call my boss. That's it. He wanted to get the devastating explosion file, and perhaps this will take precedent. <laughs> Can I find the
3: phone <laughs> so in the like, room that I used to work in? Right. So you're about you're back in the room. You yeah, you find the, the speech of fire um, under a filing cabinet. It looks like it wasn't damaged too badly. That's good. Government property. Okay, so you're gonna try it? Yeah. It's ringing. like it's twittering, like you hear that. Tick, 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 but there's no answer. So
4: my manager isn't picking up. My department's been utterly devastated, and the furnace is missing. I think this might be a professional development day. and It's called this Wednesday, a write-off, and I'll see you 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. I guess I'm going to have to
3: go upstairs. So you gather up what's left of your lunchbox. Oh, there's
4: a file in it. There's part of a file in it. I'll just oh, this was part of the extremely devastating explosion file that my boss wanted. Save that for later.
3: (laughs) Your fedora is still there, untouched. Oh, thank heavens!
4: Long live Bolteas. In all the devastation, it's still there. So put
3: on my hat. And start trudging upwards. As you walk out, the doors fall off behind you and hit the corridor. That's that's janitorial. I'm not going to worry about that. That's, that's not my area. And you make your way through your long route that you have to go through. It's pretty normal that you don't see anyone. Um, and you come up onto the street, out of your little side janitorial door. And it takes a moment. The first thing that hits you is... It smells different. Sulfur? (laughs) He said, hopefully. Um, Yeah, there might be a bit of sulfur.
4: There's Mm, a weird...
3: Like mother's milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there's a sulfur smell to the air, and then it hits you that you don't hear anything again. It's like insanely quiet. Not even the monorail? No monorail? No Centurions stomping around. Just silence.
4: This is more than just a file related incident.
3: <laughs> what well, I have to ask, what would you uh, what would you organize a file related incident under?
4: <laughs>
3: well, it's all just F.
4: F is uh, the most popular letter in uh, in the departments. <laughs> Because most things get filed under F or this should be filed under a file. Or like X is never used, Q very unpopular, F that's three filing cabinets right there. But he could always find it because he was the only one working in that department. Mm -hmm. He knew what was what. Uh, I think Blatt's going to have to re-enter the building and perhaps talk to someone in security or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone's got a working speechifier that we can contact somebody in the outside world to see what's going on.
3: So cut to Blatt standing at the big front security entrance and there is nothing. There are no people at security. There are no people going up and down the movators. Got to write that down. There are... There are no people coming in and outside the front doors. Oh, no, Copernicus
4: should be on duty. He's the head of security. He should be at his little desk out front
3: here. Oh, Copernicus, what's happened? Yeah, there's nothing. It's
4: going to walk around, get towards the the movators, see if I can call one of those up. It and- does. It comes
3: down with a ding.
4: Oh, very good. So uh, I'll get into the movator, and I think I know what's happening, what I need to do. So I just hit every button going up like a Christmas tree. Okay. Two, three, four, right up to 112. Yep. And I just get off at two to see if, if I poke my head out, whether there's anybody doing anything
3: on no. any floor. So you on two you, you your hope gets raised for a second cuz you see like a bag that had been set down or dropped but then you realize there's not a sound you don't see anyone bag
4: do you know anything
3: <laughs> i take the bag <laughs> 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 okay so Inside the bag, you actually see it's an executive's lunch. Someone had been sent to get it, so this is not this is not like an core thing. Like this is like real food.
4: I get back in the elevator, heat the bag up with my hands, <laughs> and I'll just start eating as I poke my head out
3: <laughs> on, on <three>. each floor, <laughs> on three. So yeah. I'm picturing like flame coming up from the bag, sort of as the like the embers of the bag are burning away as the food heats up. You don't need the paper anymore, so that's fine. Okay, and so you're yeah, you're going up floor by floor. Ding, ding. Like, there is nobody in this entire building. Hello? Long live Bolteus! You hit the executive suite floor. Oh, like, there, someone's
4: gonna know their lunch is missing. I, I best finish this sandwich <laughs> up before I get off on this floor. If anyone asks about their lunch, I'm gonna have to fade ignorance.
3: Okay, so you're shoving the rest of it in your mouth. Yep.
4: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: the doors open, and you see the like another security station, and like you see machines that you'd have to walk through, right, to make sure you don't have any weapons or anything. But you don't, you don't see any guards. You don't see anything. <laughs>
4: Hello, sirs, corporate executive, sirs. So I'll pass through the, uh, the safety machines. Okay. See if I can find it. The machines like beep, 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 as you step through. Um, Does it detect I have enlisted sandwich in my stomach?
3: (laughs) I don't know. You're not sure. It might have. (laughs) It might have detected executive sandwich.
4: (laughs) uh, I'm going to have to risk it then. I'll, I'll keep walking through and see if I can find anyone in uh, one of the main
3: offices in okay. the back. So we cut to you're standing in what must be a VP suite. You it, The view, like the, there is no wall. It's all window, like all the way up on a slant, all the way to the ceiling. And you can see everything. But there are no trams. There's no movement down on the streets. The place is empty. And that's when you hear...
4: I spin around to see if maybe someone else has come in through the safety machine. You can't
3: see the safety machine from where you are. You're in the executive office.
4: Maybe this makes me the head of the (laughs) building now? (laughs) My first order of business will be to get a new furnace. (laughs) (laughs) It is getting a little chilly. I'd ask someone to do that, but there isn't anyone here
3: you hear footsteps approaching oh but they're like clopping
4: oh someone's gonna ask me about that file i didn't bring up or maybe the lunch the lunch or the file it's one of the two so i i spin around and i don't want them to catch me here in the executive suite which i should not be so i'll go out into the hall and see if i can meet the clopping footsteps
3: Okay, so you step out and you see heading down the hall towards you what looks like a minotaur. Um, You've you've heard of minotaurs. You've probably done filings of their claims wearing like faded blue coveralls and a duster jacket flowing and uh, what looks like some weird hat. For those listening, it's a 10-gallon cowboy hat, but you're not quite sure you've ever seen anything like that. Uh, He's got a beard that's sort of flecked with white, and he stops when he sees you. And he lifts something up with his hand, and it's hard to even explain what it is. There's like a, a cable, and it's bent, and it has a long part that he's holding, and he sort of points it in your direction and says, Oh, citizen, hail!" Baltius. Yes,
4: long live Baltius. Fair warning, I am not a executive or division head of any sort. (laughs) I work a few floors below.
3: I've just come up to see what's going on. It pulls the trigger, and this dart slaps right into your chest. It just buries itself, this dart. Ow! (laughs) Ow! I don't see how this is helpful. I just need to ask, did I say that right? Citizen Hale Baltius? That part was correct. We don't
4: usually shoot bolts at one another afterwards. It's more of our version
3: of hello. (laughs) Uh, You should feel that acting pretty quickly. Don't panic. You're just going to feel a little sleepy. I
4: think perhaps you have something to do with this, and you're not all. I'm
3: starting to black out. (laughs) And cut. So we're going to cut to one of the nicer buildings, and it is actually one of the the buildings where the Committee of State runs all of its operations out of. And we're going to, like, start somewhere in the middle. We're going to come into a boardroom, and we're going to see Egerton – a flightless fairy who is preparing for a very big presentation on the last explosion fiasco from a week ago. <laughs> so tell me what we see. Who do we see? What are you doing in this room? It's, oh, it's, a, it's like a boardroom, and you're getting ready for this presentation. People haven't come in yet. You've got like
0: 10 minutes to set it up. Egerton is shuffling papers and opening a folio case and pulling out large printed charts. They're very nicely done with lots of colors, putting them up on easels against the walls, humming to himself a bit as he does it.
3: And tell me, what we—what what is Egerton? Like,
0: help me understand how tall, what he looks like. Egerton is a, a somewhat typical fairy. He, he's a little under five feet tall. He's a little tubby, but you know, when you eat all those carbs and sugars, that's bound to happen. Uh, he's wearing a nice suit, but it looks a little off. And when you look closely, you realize that the pants are slightly different than the suit jackets. Uh, and as you look down even further, you notice that he's wearing two distinctly different colored socks. One blue and one green. Uh, and, you know, just typical nicely clean shoes. Uh, he's he's uh, in his 30s. He's got wispy hair that's slicked back. It's dark in color. It's rosy red cheeks and big round eyes that are green. And he uh, is sorting out all of these things and then seems like he remembers something and walks back to the middle of the table and starts spreading out the snacks. He's got various types of cupcakes, cookies Ooh. with swirls in them. <laughs> Real food. Well, yes. He is a fairy after all. These are important, important aspects of any meeting. Are these fairy snacks? These are fairy snacks. Okay. So you're spreading out the fairy snacks? Spreading out the fairy snacks, uh, counting the chairs to make sure there's enough for everybody. It's, a, it's an important presentation. And he needs to be able to explain to the rest of Balgumar what the explosion was and that everyone should remain calm. Okay. There's a knock at the door that's
3: open. Mm-hmm. And you see your nemesis. You guys started at the same time. And she's sort of uh, glued herself to your boss and sort of gotten the promotions. And she's like, Egerton sorry karen said first you need to be ready in eight minutes which i'm sure you are i'm sure you're on top of it but karen wanted you to know oh she told me last night i totally forgot to tell you actually we need to spin this whole thing that this was um this was actually did not happen and come up with some great reason why it's a celebration
0: it's (laughs) a celebration now yes so uh just The, uh, the the large explosion at mm-hmm. the center of Steadfast. It's yep. a celebration. Yes. I, I have charts on how the wind will expel any potential harmful chemicals away from Steadfast, though. Yeah. I, I, I stayed up. Fascinating, fascinating.
3: I'm, I'm sure you have this in hand. Uh, I I'll, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing your, your okay. presentation.
0: It's okay. Everything's okay. I, I'm okay. This is okay. It's good. We're good. Good. Okay. I'll, I'll tell Karen you're all set. I, I, I had eight minutes, I thought. Oh, yes, yes. You do. O- okay. So I'm uh, you you go talk to Karen. I am going to rearrange these fairy snacks that I brought in from home. Uh and I I am not going to eat any of them. Uh I am not stressed out at all. Uh-huh. I will not resolve great, it with great. eating uh, fairy snacks. This has
3: been snacks. lovely. This has been
0: lovely but, Uh what oh, celebration boy. are we celebrating? Well that
3: that's your, that's your that's presentation. that's my that presentation, your
0: right? Job. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. And to- today, is it's Tuesday. Yes. It's Tuesday, okay. That that that's no, that's good. Great, that's I, good. I have and, to go. I have okay, to I have okay. To... No, it's okay. Yeah, I go, go. I'm good. I'm good. I'll, okay, good. i got it. Good. Great. Good. Good. She scurries away. Oh geez. it's okay though. I I know because it's Tuesday and Tuesdays are always good days for me. I like Tuesday. I I found that microcredit on the ground last Tuesday, so this Tuesday's got to be good. It's okay. I'll. It's okay. I'll get it. I'll get it. Good.
3: Good, good. Okay, so the fairy snacks are sort of looking really good on Yeah, I'm
0: uh, uh, pretty sure Egerton has already, as he was sort of mumbling to himself, grabbed two of the little things and started shoving them in his mouth. Uh, crumbs sort of falling down, getting caught on his, his suit jacket.
3: Okay, you look up at the clock. You realize it's five minutes before the meeting. Five minutes before. And, and you're staring at your 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 big slide with the explosion. Mm-hmm. And what's your tagline? The smoke will clear. The smoke always clears. Yeah, the smoke always clears. So you're staring at that, and you got five minutes. um, You hear
0: people in the corridor starting to work their way towards the meeting room. I look around and try and find a marker. Are are there a lot of markers? It's it's, it's an office space. Of course there's a lot of markers. So I go and I grab a marker, uh, and I, I walk over to the sign, and I put one hand under my chin and tuck my other arm under it and look up at the big slide and think, hmm... I've got it. And he walks up and where it says the smoke will clear, he puts an exclamation point <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> and steps back, smiles, reaches over and grabs a fairy cake. Which he stuffs in his mouth and starts to eat as he looks up at it and goes, right. And is he's ready now. Okay. So people are starting to
3: file in. Um, you see your nemesis come in and sort of look at your board and sort of smirk a little and sit down. And um, everyone's starting to sit down. It's the usual yes, men, yes, women, yes, people. And uh, a minute goes by. Everyone's just sort of sitting there. Nobody's mm-hmm. sort of touching the fairy cakes. There. Everybody have a fairy cake. I brought them in from home. I made them myself. They're very oh. good. Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I I just ate, um, but... Uh, and so everyone's staring at this plate of half-eaten berry cakes <laughs> with crumbs.
0: They're very tasty. Mm-hmm. I, I, I had to, to to make sure they were very tasty, though, for all of you.
3: Oh, yes, yes. Good, 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 good. Okay, and so Karen comes walking in. She's like, so sorry to keep you waiting. I hope you didn't wait. Oh, okay, well, let's begin. And she sits down. She goes, Egerton, um, I'm very excited to see uh, what you've come up with to take this tragic event and, and make it a celebration for the
0: people. Yes, a celebration. That is exactly what I had planned on doing, and I have done that. So let's get started with the presentation. It's good, it's a good, it's, it's good. Uh, could someone pass me one of the cakes, please? <laughs> okay, thank you, thank you for that. So it's, it's very good. We we, uh, we
3: we can't understand you, Agerton. Can you, can you do that last part again, please? Yes,
0: yes, so we need to say that this, extremely devastating explosion was in fact a good thing. Well, yeah, so I I thought I established that. So, yeah, so if
3: you could go from there, Egerton, and just sort of, yes,
0: go. Oh, it's good, it's good. So what we need to do is spin the idea into something good. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, yes, yes, spin, spin. Everyone's driving, spin, it's good, right? Spin is good, yeah. Yeah, So... What I thought we could do is say that this extremely devastating explosion was in fact a celebration from the previous extremely devastating explosion. (laughs) And that the smoke always clears. See, it cleared. So we're all good and we were just having fun because we all like to have fun. And the other thing I thought we could do then- Wait, 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 this
3: is- and, And you see your nemesis sort of smirking and you see Karen go, wait. You said we're going to use the name of the explosion in the celebration? Y-
0: yes, that is what I said. Egerton. I think
3: that's brilliant.
0: <gasps> well, thank you very much, Karen.
3: Please, can you, uh, can you go to the next slide? If you could just uh, show me what's next. I'm very intrigued.
0: The next slide. Right, right. The slides are all, they're all good. They're, you know the next slide is all the dead bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I, I pull down the slide and look up at it and listen to the gasps around the table. <gasps>
5: What are you dead? I think that's my cousin.
0: (laughs) How's he gonna spin this? So, flash
3: mob. (laughs) And you hear a pop. You just hear a
0: pop sound, like your ears popped, like a pressure change. That was weird. But, so... We got everyone together and we we got on the the speech of fire, you know, the night before the celebration of the extremely dangerous explosion or extremely devastating explosion. And we told them, hey, everybody, here's a fun idea. Let's reenact the first one. And then after that, we all jump up and go, hooray, we're alive. And we took this picture just to show for, you know, prosperity, what it would look like before that happened. And it's going to be really good because we'll get get the students out. Maybe we'll bring up some of the people who are working in the basement. They don't see a lot of the You start to get a feeling that nobody's listening. Um, but your, guys, your back
3: is still to them, right? You're staring at the slide as you come up with all this.
0: Uh, so I think, you know, we can all get behind this, right? And I do a little positive arm motion. Say, right? Do you turn around? And I turn around. The room is empty. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, there's nobody in the room. There's nobody in the room. Nobody at all. No. <laughs> Are the fairy cakes still on the table? <laughs> yes. Huh, I walk over and pick up uh one of the fairy cakes, a pink one uh that had only one small bite out of a side of it, <laughs> and start nibbling on it. Well, I knew Karen was a little you know unhappy with some of the things I'd done, but I didn't think they'd all run away
3: now you you were facing the the slides, so if they were to have walked out, they would have walked past you like you thought you were pretty excited but
0: were you that excited to not see them? I do get pretty excited from time to time. And when I get wrapped up in an idea, that idea just starts going and I don't really know how to stop those ideas from going. And it's sometimes good though. I think it really helps me get new ideas. And that's what I like to do when I'm baking the fairy cakes. I'm trying different shapes and different colors. So I don't know that I'd necessarily see anything passing me by, but at the same time, you know, I was thinking really, really hard and that could take away from it too. But you know, Karen, she wears those shoes and they clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop when she walks in, so I don't really know.
3: Cut to 10 minutes later,
0: Keep going. <laughs> and I'm really just trying to figure out, you know, should I be doing this job or should I be trying to do something different? I think I can probably, you know, make people happy and no copity, one ever really copity, seems to copity, understand. Copity, just, wait, what? Well, this one's going to be easier. What you was feel this. <laughs> Ow. What was that? It you smells s- kind of funny. <laughs> Why?
3: And you hit the floor and the minotaur puts you in a bag and puts a device on you and this turns and walks away out of the room. And we leave the bagged, flightless fairy in the boardroom um, with food in his mouth inside a bag. (laughs) We cut to high above Steadfast, and the camera is centered on the plaza of the Empire. And in the center of this plaza is a giant monument, and we are moving towards it. And the monument is of Emperor Baltius standing on a sphere, a globe, the earth, One hand is raised to the heavens, and the other is reaching out as if to the people. We fly past this monument, and we go past vendors and centurion soldiers and trams zipping through the air, and we start to follow a group of people that are moving forward as if to enter the People's Museum of Culture and Prosperity. And the camera centers on one of these people, the back of a woman's head, a human woman, and her name. Is Darcy Kimball. So tell us what we see, Darcy.
5: Okay, so uh, this morning I woke up feeling uh, pretty rough, uh, not really sure what was going on, but I woke up really late, maybe uh, 8 a.m. I'm supposed to be at work at 8 a.m. So I, I throw on my uh, ill fitting clothes, which I get at the used. Uh, clothing shop which is really frowned upon by most humans but i like going there because i'm into the non-humans the fairies the centaurs and things and so i kind of want to dress the way they do so i have sort of ill-fitting like a fairy jersey and uh, some centaur pants that only fit two legs (laughs) so i just put them on uh just because you know i don't i don't want to look like the other humans uh also i don't have a lot of money so uh so anyway i'm rushing through the vendors I'm supposed to get to the cafeteria because I'm supposed to be serving breakfast. And now we're already heading towards lunch. Hopefully my boss won't notice. So I try and sneak through the back long hallway. Awesome. The- and tell me,
3: what does Darcy look like aside from the gorons? Uh
5: So I've got spiky brown hair, which I find really hard to keep down and keep uh, tamed. I've got these greenish eyes, but in certain lights they look almost yellow. So they lean towards yellow. I'm only about 5'4", so pretty skinny. Don't get to eat a lot.
3: And wearing pants that have two extra sets of legs. Yeah, which dragging. I've sort of
5: – no, no. Actually, I've tied them up around my waist in this cool sort of style. And occasionally I flip one of the legs around, you know, just to just to seem cool or what Darcy thinks might be considered Love cool.
3: Love it. Okay. Okay. All right, so you're working your way in. So, yep. so Darcy works at the People's Museum of Culture and Prosperity.
5: In the cafeteria, yeah, in the cafeteria. as a line worker. Yeah.
3: So uh, so Darcy, to get to her job, she would come in the, the main entrance. So it's a pretty impressive building. Like most of the buildings in uh, Steadfast are really more monumental and massive and imposing. This is more wide steps, and like people are allowed to come in to, to, to see the, yeah, the
5: museum. It's pretty imposing. But I go in the back entrance actually to okay. get to the cafeteria because right. I don't want anyone to see me.
3: Okay, so uh, so Darcy's coming in the back entrance. You come up to the little guard station and you see Gordo sitting there, the guard, sort of looking bored. And he's like, Name badge.
5: Gordo, you see me every day.
3: I don't know who you are yet. I haven't seen your name badge.
5: Here's the name badge.
3: Yeah, it's still you, Darcy. It's still me. Yeah, it's still okay. Me. All right, you can go through. All right.
5: Thanks, Aren't Gordo. Aren't you supposed
3: to be here for the first shift? I,
5: I I don't know what you're talking about. See you, Gordo. Bye.
3: Darcy, you turn left down the employee-only corridor that you have gone down 100, if not 1,000 times on your way to the cafeteria when you are stopped dead in your tracks because immediately to your right is a pair of golden gleaming doors underneath a giant curved sign that reads the Hall of Wonders.
5: Okay, so I... I stop, and, and I have this satchel, and I'm pulling out you know my apron and my hairnet, and I'm starting to put it on. But as I'm putting this stuff on, I'm really looking at this door, and I'm thinking, was this here yesterday? I'm sure this wasn't here yesterday. Did I Did I miss it? And I'm thinking, I'm so late, but also this door is so fascinating.
3: This was not here yesterday. It was not here the day before. In fact, the blank walls sort of turn gold and angle in leading you to this pair of doors and one of them is open a crack.
5: Okay, so I slowly approach the door and I just peek through the crack to see what's in there.
3: Okay, and it's a little dark inside, um, but you see like an exhibit where they have beams of light coming down on different things that are sort of in
5: the walls and behind glass. So I look around to see if anyone's watching, and I crack open the door a little more, and I just sidle through to try and see some of these exhibits that I've never seen before.
3: So first of all, as you're coming in, the lights are all on, and you see that most of the room, the lights are lighting up empty displays. But you're walking past three or four, and there are things that you don't even know what they are. And considering that you've probably seen the whole museum, Yes. And the museum only has what's currently available in Steadfast, right? Like you know everything else in the museum. There's nothing unusual in this museum. Right. Everything in this room is insanely unusual. You see like a, it looks like a flat piece of, I don't know, like gleaming something. It's like a rectangle and it's got writing on it and a strip and, and it says credit. And then you see like this round object that has all these markings on it And it says, V-A-S-E, and you're not sure what that is. And there's just, like, all these, like, weird things that you're just, like, they're alien. Like, like it's like a joke.
2: Mm -hmm.
5: Mm -hmm. So I look at each of these items, and I'm trying to figure out how they fit in or what they might be from because usually what i'm used to in the main part is they'll have like the observatron 2000 and then the observatron 3000 and then the observatron 4000 right so it's all just the same so i have no idea what to make of this i'm just completely agog at what's going on here
3: and then you realize what time it is (gasps) and you've been spending time in here
5: okay now do i have my little camera clicker here. yeah okay so I, I take it out and I'm, I'm taking a few pictures of this stuff because I'm just this is wild it'd be great to show the centaur later okay so uh, so I, I take these pictures and I run back out through the door and I just close it again to uh, the crack that it was closed at and you hear a <clears throat> <clears throat> and I turn around to look at who's coughing
3: and you see the head curator of the museum standing there like frozen like he was getting something out of a bag and he's just looking at you
5: hey mr sootweather how how are you today
3: um, um very well um were you um just in that room
5: um, i might have stepped into it for a minute why? Uh, I uh, My hairnet, <laughs> see, which I have on my head now, just kind of it fell into the room. I had to just grab it, but mm-hmm. I didn't see anything. I mean, where, where, where do you work? Uh, I'm at the cafeteria.
3: Yes, and uh, what's your employee number?
5: Uh, it's 58432.
3: Thank you, 58432. That will be all.
5: Okay, uh, hope to see you later at the cafeteria. I, I know you enjoy uh, the zesty uh, casserole. And I run down the hall as fast as I can.
3: Okay. As you're running, you're dropping things, picking them back up. You, catch, you just catch a glimpse of someone watching you. And at first you think it's soot weather. And then you realize that it's a minotaur, which you've seen before. But mm-hmm. he's wearing like dusty blue overalls and a weird hat. And he uh, then just turns away and goes between two columns and walks away. But he had the sense that he was watching you.
5: Okay, so I I look down after him, but I I don't want to engage because uh, I'm already really late and I've already gotten in trouble with Mr. Sootweather. So I'm just trying to keep a low profile now.
3: Okay. Uh, so you make it uh, to, the, you know, and uh, Macy is there. And and Macy's like,
5: oh, my God, I covered for you, but you're really pushing it. I know, I know, I know. Uh, I'll just... Quick, get on the casserole. Okay, okay, I'm on the casserole. Here, did anyone notice, do you think? No, 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 we covered, we covered. We said you were, like, making stuff out back. Excellent. Good cover. I hope it was worth it.
3: I hope hope he or she was worth it.
5: (laughs) No, it's fine. Uh,
3: So you're serving out casserole. It's an endless line, you know.
5: Hi. Wednesday's surprise day. Would you like the mystery flan, the mystery bake, or the what? mystery soup? What's in the mystery soup? Well, it's surprise day. You know, that's what they like to do here at the cafeteria on Wednesdays. We can't tell you, but you can have it original or zesty or party. Zesty. Zesty it is. Here you go. Enjoy yeah. your meal. Thank Hail you. Valtuus.
3: Okay, so it's line after line. And then at one point, you see him again watching you. The minotaur. Yeah. So he's sitting out in the main food area. He's not eating. You sort of meet his gaze and then he slowly turns away and goes to looking at something else.
5: Okay, so I turn to Macy and I say, hey, Macy. Yeah, what? Do you see? Do Are see you what? out of casserole already? No, not yet. No one ever takes the casserole. You know that. Yeah, I know. Uh, do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? The minotaur. Right Where? over there. He's not there. He was right there. I could have sworn feel like he's watching me or something Uh, anyway i'm probably just imagining you okay yeah i i I think so uh it a late night maybe yeah a little too much in (laughs) PESCOR soda uh that that's it i'm sure yeah okay
3: all right so you guys are like washing up you know you're you're finishing up it's the end of your shift (laughs) you basically worked an hour shift um so the lunch is sort of the end of your shift And cleaning up, and all the girls and guys and everything are, like, starting to hang up their aprons. like, see you tomorrow.
5: Okay. Mace is like, see you tomorrow, maybe. (laughs) I'll be here. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. All right. See you later.
3: Okay. And so everyone's sort of going off and heading out through the back corridors.
5: So I follow. Okay.
3: So you're going along the back corridors, and you hear a clopping of feet in a corridor behind you.
5: Okay. So I stop, and I turn around.
3: Okay, you don't see anything.
5: Okay, so now I'm moving a little faster to try and catch up with Macy and the rest of them.
3: Okay. So you're running. You're trying to catch up. And all of a sudden, an arm grabs you and pulls you in between two pillars.
1: Hey, what the? What?
3: Shh, quiet. I will explain. And you see the Minotaur and the Dusty Corvall's, the hat. He lets go of you, holds his hands up like he doesn't mean you any harm. And he holds a finger up to his lips and says, shh and he gestures, and there's a small gap between the pillars that leads over towards the public side, right, which you don't ever generally go anymore because there's nothing to see there, Mm -hmm. Um, and he's gesturing you forward towards the public side.
5: Okay, so I look around a bit, and I follow him hesitantly.
3: Okay, as you get closer, um, and he moves one more pillar forward and sort of gestures for you to join him, you see that Mr. Sootweather is actually interacting with one of the centurions. And as a citizen of Steadfast, your blood runs cold just seeing Sootweather talk to a centurion and remembering your interaction with Sootweather. And a centurion is a eight-foot-tall exoskeleton. It's half soldier, half tank. They speak out of a box on their like shoulder. They're, they're riddled with weapons, They are designed for mass warfare, and yet they patrol the streets, and their justice is swift. People just disappear. And the centurion is saying, State your business. Yes, yes, I'm trying to, you confounded machine. State your business. I have stated it twice. State your business, citizen. I... Run this establishment, and I need you to pull in cafeteria worker for interrogation, and then disposal, normal procedure. There's a pause while that sinks in for you, and the minotaur sort of puts a hand on you like not to bolt, and the centurion says, Proceed. State name. I told you my name. State name of appointee for interrogation. Oh, it's Cafeteria Worker 58431, or maybe it was 54832. Just do plus or minus five. Get them all. You'll get her. Very well. Submitting orders now. The Minotaur leans down beside your ear and says, Do you have a safe place? Uh,
5: My house?
3: That's not safe.
5: Uh, Your house?
3: (sighs) The room you found. Today, yeah. Do you remember where it is?
5: Yeah, it's just down the hallway.
3: Okay. In a moment, all of a sudden, your your card, your employee card that you're wearing, Mm -hmm. starts beeping. Bong, citizen five eight four three two. Please report to the nearest centurion for processing.
5: And I immediately cover it with. I'm trying to rip it off and throw (laughs) it on the floor. I don't know if I can.
3: (laughs) Can't. It's like. So
5: I'm just covering like. Yeah.
3: He's like, go there now, go.
5: And I run. And you see
3: the centurion turning towards you, your direction. Citizen, halt.
5: And I run.
3: Okay, so you're running. So you're there's make, no
5: halting. <laughs>
3: so you're gonna make a defy danger roll. You need to roll two d6.
5: All right. And I roll a ten. Booyah.
3: Okay, so tell me what you want to happen.
5: Is 10 good?
0: Yeah, 10 is great. <laughs> you get whatever, as per what my what, what do you want to happen?
5: So it's like I have wings on my feet now and I'm just soaring down the hallway. This centurion can't touch me and I dive roll just cuz I feel like it's cooler. <laughs> <laughs> into the into the room with all the artifacts and I slam the door shut and I look around for can I move one of these empty cabinets?
3: No, they're all part of the okay, wall. Okay, so
5: I'm looking for something to jam against the door. There is nothing. So uh I look around. Where is there anywhere to hide? Is there another door?
3: There is no other door.
5: Out of this way. So now I'm cursing that friggin' minotaur. I'm like, what what did he mean? Why why am I in here? I'm frantically looking at all the artifacts. Is there anything going on? And so
3: from outside you hear, citizen, halt. Gun is armed. Citizen, you will halt. And you hear it's like a a sound of metal striking metal, and you hear this roar. And you hear sparks and you hear (laughs) and you hear like more clanging of metal and then you hear the alarm sound. Now, as a citizen of Steadfast, every once in a while, you'll hear the alarms, like the last horrible explosion. They go across the entire city, and it basically means it's like lockdown. You get to safety. It basically means the centurions are moving. So you hear the alarms going out over the whole city, but it's muffled because you're in this room. And then you hear a tap, tap, tap at the door. There are no
5: citizens in here, no citizens at all
3: it's me darcy open the door who's me <laughs> the minotaur
5: all right so I slowly open the door and i let him just inch through
3: so as soon as the door opens the sound of the alarms just gets so loud it's blaring everywhere you hear the sounds of shutters coming down over windows like full lockdown and he comes into the room are you okay
5: yeah, but I don't know what's going on. This only happened that Thursday that we poisoned that guy who was high up. In the, never mind. Let's not talk about that right now. What?
3: You only have a few more seconds.
5: What do I do? Who are you? What's going on?
3: And all of a sudden, everything stops. The alarm stops. The lockdown stops. You hear like, everything just slowly halt. He's like, well, you're about to find out, Darcy. Darcy Kimball, you may be one of the only people to experience what just happened. And I'm happy to report I'm still here to see it, too. We weren't sure about that. Come. And he opens the door, and
5: it's just silence. Are you going to tell me what's going on here? Because I was just supposed to come into work and serve people some mystery crap, zesty or original or party. And now I'm stuck in this room with a minotaur and I don't know what's going on.
3: And he steps out into the hall. He says, I can't explain it. You have to see it, Darcy. And he starts walking back towards where the centurion was.
5: So I just, I just sort of stand in the middle of the room for a minute.
3: There's nothing. There's no sound. Everything just seems weird.
5: So then I remove my hairnet. And I remove my apron and I stuff it into my satchel and I straighten myself up and I try and screw up my courage and I march after this minotaur or wherever he's going. Okay. Where is everybody? Why is it so quiet?
3: And he turns to you and he says, this is the end, Darcy. This is the event that ends everything.
5: I don't know what that is.
3: It's more than I can explain to you, but come, you have to see it. And he walks towards the front steps and pushes open one of the doors and steps out onto the street.
5: And I follow, okay. eyes very wide.
3: So as you step out, you see the street is there, the buildings, the, some of the vendor stalls, but there are no people. There are no trams. There's a broken, what looks like a broken down vehicle because it's not moving and it's right sort of there in the road in front of you. But it's not moving. It's not buzzing. It's, and as far as you can see in both directions, there, there's just no life. There's no sound. There is this strange tang
5: sent to the air. I don't know what's going on. Maybe we should find Gordo. Gordo might know what's going on. He runs security here. Have you met Gordo? I don't know, but I think he's usually at the back entrance, and maybe we should go and look around for him or something because I don't know what's going on.
3: I understand. We can. We can go and look around, Darcy. But I think first you need to just see this because this is what it looks like everywhere right now.
5: Is it just everywhere like this? Yes. Is the Emperor still alive? We actually don't know.
3: Hail Boltius. Hail, hail Boltius, citizen. Did I say that right? I need to work on that for later.
5: It's good enough for now.
3: I don't know how to make this easy for you, Darcy. I'm a hunter. I, I don't normally deal with people. But it's really important that you understand what has happened. So where
5: do you want to go so that you can fully realize well i would go to my home but that's i usually get there on the tram it's a long way to walk could you carry me you seem pretty big we might get there faster that way i'm
3: happy to carry you and he kneels down and like puts you piggyback and he starts to run like cloppity cloppity like he moves pretty fast
5: And I think Darcy's kind of in shock because she wouldn't normally ride piggyback on a minotaur. But this seems like exceptional circumstances. (laughs) So she's just sort of clinging to him, just not knowing what to do.
3: And so he stops at different cross streets so you can sort of look around. And then he just waits for you to tell him which way to go from there.
5: So I give him directions all the way back to my little hovel.
3: Okay, so you work your way all the way back. Is it one of the skyscraper? Yeah, I,
5: yeah. I'm in one of the uh, skyscraper buildings in a really small unit. Okay,
3: so he brings you back to one of the residence buildings, and it's that's where I think it really starts to hit you because, like, the city has got its problems, but when you get to the residences, which is where just all the not well-off people are, there's like sharing and laughter and talking, and and there's not a sound. And it's as if the motes in the air aren't moving, like the dust. There's something surreal about the whole experience to where you're not even sure if you're dreaming or awake. And he sets you down. Are you okay to
5: walk up to your unit? Uh, uh, will you come with me? Of course. All right, let, let's go. Uh, he follows you. So uh, I try and summon a mover. Are they working? Yep.
3: It dings, comes down.
5: Okay. So I get in the move and okay. I go up to the 16th floor yep. where my unit is. 1625. Dun, 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 dun. Bing. Okay. So here we go. Okay. I look around and I step out into the hallway. Yeah. It's very weird. You see like I a think. toy on the hall, like just abandoned. So then I run along the corridor and I'm just knocking on doors. Yeah.
3: One door swings open.
5: Mrs. Sitwell, Anyone? Empty. And I just, nothing? Nothing. So then I turn to the Minotaur and I say, I, fine, I believe you. Everyone's gone. Where are they? What's going on?
3: I'm not the one to explain that to you. and We don't have a lot more time. I just needed you to see it.
5: Well, this is great. <laughs> Could you send the person who does know what's going on?
3: Yes, I can. And he pulls out this It's like a beetle. It's made of gleaming metal and little legs and wings tucked on it. It's beautiful. And it's about six inches tall. And he he hands it to you. And I take it. This is a Grisham device. It will take you to the person that can answer your questions.
5: Okay. How do I know you're telling me the truth?
3: Well, you don't have a lot of choice.
5: That is true.
3: We don't know exactly how long we have in this stream
5: so you need me to activate this little beetle guy
3: yeah so i can activate it for you or or you can activate it yourself it has to become part of you to work whoa it does hurt
5: this just none of this sounds good what do you mean part of me
3: he reaches out his hand he takes it from and he presses the button on the back and all the feet sink out as blades that are about two inches deep he says so you basically and he presses it again and the the feet blades go away and he puts it against his arm he says you place it on a part of your body and press the button Mm. and it will take over from
5: there i've never been a fan of feet blades is this the only way
3: i i can tranquilize you first and then do it for you
5: my eyes screw up and i close them really hard and i say nope Fine, just just put it on me, and you activate it.
3: It's an honor to meet you, Darcy. If you are screwing around with and me, I'm going to come hear back this and ho- pain, this like sharp pain into your arms oh! as it latches in and grabs on, and then the world goes white, and you actually see all of existence for a brief nanosecond. And then everything goes dark.
1: So you see? Our visitors are on their way. Not too much longer, Cyrus.
3: What are you eating? It's called your existential crisis. Oh, that's a big word, isn't it? How do you fit that in your backpack? (sighs) It's not easy.
4: What does it mean?
3: I don't think we have... No, we've got plenty of time to explain it. There's always time for existential crises. I have no idea what that means.
2: The End of Time and Other Bothers An improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix your Game Master is Sean Howard, with Marisa King as Darcy, Carter Siddle as Blatt, and Michael Howie as Egerton. You also heard Maggie Makar as Ananka, Stephen Smith as Tweeter, and Eli McElveen as Augustus. Additional material and sound design by Eli McElveen. Story consultant, Laura Packer. Game consultant, Stephen Smith. Join our Patreon for behind-the-scenes information, access to our Discord server, and lots more. You'll find it all at otherbothers.com.
3: All of a sudden, a hand grabs you.
1: Hey, what the?
3: Shh. And a mouth sort of, you
0: see, I'll do that again. (laughs) A mouth says, shh. (laughs) A mouth
5: does say, shh.